Atlanta. Uh, all right, hey, turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter four this morning. We're gonna we're gonna close up this series today, my brother's keeper, and we're gonna be talking about the various voices inside. Not that anybody in here is a schizophrenic, okay? I don't want to meet anybody later and have that talk. We'll just uh, we'll just see you set free in the name of Jesus. Come on. Yeah, Genesis chapter 4, verse 9, and uh, hopefully you're there. Can I, can I just preempt this, this text with something? Um, you're not going to hear the voice of Satan in this text. All you're going to hear is the voice of God and the voice of Cain. And then later you're going to hear the voice from the world. That is a result of the curse that comes from the ground because of Abel's blood. There's no devil's voice here. You actually don't hear the devil's voice again speaking audibly until we get to the book of Job, chronologically. Now you say, well, pastor, book of Job comes much later in the, older, in the Old Testament, but here's the concept here. The book of Job chronologically would come next, and it's right after the flood. So you don't hear Satan, Satan saying anything until then. And I just, I just want to help you this morning. Most of what you think is the voice of Satan is not the voice of the devil that's you. It's the voice of your own flesh. It's the voice of the world. Okay? Then there's the voice of God. And, and I, I hope you would learn some discernment this morning. That you can trust the voice of the Holy Spirit. You can trust the voice of God. Amen? Are, are you a believer this morning? Is it okay to ask? Can you? Uh, I wasn't looking for affirmation. I really want to know, are you a, are you a believer this morning? If so, lift your hand. Okay? All right, you've already heard the voice of God. That's how you got saved. The voice of, listen, a lot of people think they get saved this way, right? I was just running in the woods one day. I tripped over, I tripped over a branch. I looked up and there was God right in front of me. And it's like, hi God, I found you. That's not how it works. God found you. God spoke to you and you responded. Do you see how easy it is? To hear the voice of God. You were never more lost. And you heard the voice of God and got yourself right in the middle of God calling you to salvation. You can hear the voice of God. I don't want to hear one of you complaining to me. Pastor, I just can't hear God. You're saved, ain't you? Right? Works the same way in every other aspect of your life. God is calling you by his voice and you've got to You've got to tune down these other channels. The one that comes from the earth or the world, and the, the other one comes from you. And, and you know what? We do a lot of the devil's job for him. Yeah. All right, let's, took, let's check it out here. Genesis chapter 4, verse 9 says, And the Lord said, who said? The Lord said unto Cain, Where is Abel thy brother? And here, Cain said, I know not. Now he's a lion, right? Am I my brother's keeper? And then the Lord says, what hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood cries out unto me from the ground. I want you to see there's three voices here. Are you catching this? There's a voice that comes from God. There's a voice that comes from Cain. And there's a voice that comes from the world. I don't see Satan there. Right? So you're already one third of the way to victory. If you can understand that the first step you need to make in your life is stop giving glory to the devil for the mess that you're in. 
most of what you're in is coming from the voice of the world and coming from the voice of your carnal flesh, your carnal man. And there's all kinds of people loving this so far. Good. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, God, for your voice. We thank you that we can hear the voice of your spirit. God, may we get to the place where, God, we respond to that voice sooner and sooner. God, let us hear the voice of our God. You said, my sheep hear my voice. God, we are your sheep. Let us respond to you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You know the voice of your mama, don't you? Even if your mama isn't here with you right now, it, maybe she's with the Lord or she's passed on. But right now, I want you to just imagine inside your head, hearing your mama's voice. I bet you can hear that voice. And some of y'all looking at me like, oh, I hear it. She's saying your full name, isn't she? Come on now, she's saying your full name. I mean, she's, <laughs> she's covering middle names, third, second, first, third names. She's covering all kinds of names. You know the voice of your mama. If you were in a mall and there was a hundred people, well, let me skip back here. Nobody goes to the mall anymore. If you were somewhere where there was a crowd, right? And everybody's talking and everybody's got something to say and everybody's calling out to everybody. And your mama was at that place and she called your name. You'd instantly respond. You know, there's only so much time you have between that voice. Come on. That voice being said and you responding you know the voice of your mother right and it's interesting because my mom my my mom right now is sarah's mom but i call her my mom she practically discipled me raised me her, her name's pat she's probably watching online hey mama mom i need i need to buy you lunch because i'm going to tell a story on you here but whenever she calls me it's not my name she covers all the boys names in the family and i'm the last name so she'll say, Bobby, Keith, Glenn. And like, in, 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 for a while, I just started saying, you know, she'd say, Bobby. I'd say, Keith. And she'd go, Glenn. <laughs> she'd have to cover the whole gamut of, of names before I responded. And it was like that for years. You know, it, but I, I actually looked it up. Stay with me. I looked it up. And the reason why mamas do that is they have their whole family on their mind all the time. Okay. So, so dads aren't like that. Dads only know like what's in front of me right now. Oh, a, a sandwich, right? Right. So you, you, you know what kind of sandwich you're eating, but you're not covering. They've got their whole families on their mind all the time. God has his whole family of children on his mind all the time. And he's calling, he's calling, he's talking, he's speaking. I want you to see something at this time. They didn't have any Bible. There wasn't any word of God. There weren't any scriptures at that time. The only word of God came from God, and it was right then and there, and that's all you got. Here's the moment. And Cain hears from God, and Cain hears from Cain, and Cain hears from the world or the earth. And Cain has to decide. He's stuck in the middle. He has to decide which voice he's going to respond to. Growing up as a kid, I, I worked for uh, a lot of farmers. One of, one of these farmers, Mr. Mitchell, taught me everything I need to know about survival. I'm serious. His, his way of doing things was, go out there, go out there and bit, dig me a hole and put forms in it, make it 12 by 12, make it 12 feet deep, and pour cement in it. I'll be there in two hours. And I'm like, I don't have a clue. 
And I learned very quickly, like, to listen. <laughs> to, to listen to Mr. Mitchell, because he wasn't playing. So at least I better be out there trying or attempting what he just asked me to do. But I learned very quickly. He had this thing with cattle. He put me out in the middle of cattle. You have to understand, I'm, I'm this kid that's... Uh, anybody remember the Commodore VIC-20 and all the Commodore 64 when computers just started coming out? I'm that kid. I'm the geeky kid with tape and his glasses right here. <laughs> you know, and I'm... Ding, 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 ding. And, and, you know, and then I go out and work for Mr. Mitchell. And Mitchell's like, I can't believe you putting them glasses on to get content. Get all here, here. And, he, <laughs> and he said, go out there and get those cattle loaded up. And I'm like, I don't want to be in the middle of cattle. I, do, I, was, I was nervous. And it's just cows. Just cows. But I was nervous of cows. They're big. Okay? Some of you are like, you're a wimp. They're big. Anyway, I go out there, I respond, I'm supposed to do this, and I start calling these cows. They're not doing a thing I'm telling them to do. You know where I'm going with this. Mr. Mitchell would come out, pigs too, and he had a thing where pigs, man, it's been like 40 years since I worked for him, but he had a thing with pigs too, and he'd say, sucky, 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 sucky. And those pigs would stop eating, stop doing whatever they're doing, turn around and, dun, 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 you know, the farmer would show up and call. They knew who was feeding them. They knew where the good stuff was. Right? I used to, he'd he, call those pigs in. And I'd, I'd go out there and I'd go, sucky, 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 sucky. And they'd be like, we don't pay attention to you, dude. You're nobody. Your voice don't matter. And I'm like, this job, sucky, sucky, sucky. <laughs> it's, the best, it's the best job I ever had. Really. Because I learned more about life on that job than I did anywhere else, right? But when the farmer's voice showed up, Jesus says, my sheep will hear my voice. My sheep know my voice. And what did he mean by that? He, he's taking the metaphor from shepherds and from herding animals, and he's saying, do you see how they respond to the shepherd? My people are going to respond to me. They can hear me. So strike from your heart this morning that you can't hear from God, because that's a lie. He's your father. He knows how to get through to you. And you can hear his voice. And you know his voice. One other illustration. When I was little, uh, back, back in the day when you actually had, to, had a radio, it was in a box, okay? And, 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 and they had tape cassette players that you put four or five of these D batteries in. Right? So I would turn in, I'd tune in the radio to just the right station, and then I'd wait all day long for that song to play. And then I'd hit record and play, and I'd record that song, right? And that, that was, you know, that was before all this other stuff going on. And I'd have a little tape cassette of a terrible recording of a song that I liked. And, and you could hear me like sneezing because I had allergies, you know? So, like in the song, you'd hear, but I didn't care. I had that song. I had that song. There it is. I had that song, right? And I think about God's word, you know, and I think about how much we have today that Cain didn't have. We have all of this God speaking to us, all of this, all these FM stations here that can be dialed into your life. If you're just willing to spend some time with him, if you're just willing to open up your heart in prayer and in time with the Lord, he'll begin to speak through his word. 
Does he have to appear in the middle of your room? He can, but he's already said so much. And write it down, record it. Hit the record and the, and the play button at the same time and get something in your journal that God has said for you. And, 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 and begin to respond to what God has said because it had changed your life. I'm here serving with you right now because God spoke to me in 1 Timothy chapter 4 where it says, preach the word, be instant in and out of season. Wow! That I got a word from God. I got to tell you this morning, if I can hear from God, you can. You, if I can hear from God, you can. I want you to see that all you need to do is discern God's voice from the world's voice and from your voice. I want you to think about this for a minute. How in the world could Cain know it was the voice of God when he didn't have any evidence of that? He just had a voice. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. Faith is not believing where there isn't evidence. Did you hear that? Faith is not saying, well, there's no evidence, I'll believe. Are you with me? Well, pastor, we get to the book of Galatians, and in the New Testament, we hear this, that we walk by faith, not by sight. Let me tell you what Paul was saying there. Paul is not saying that faith is blind. Are you awake? Paul was saying there are lots of facts, there are lots of things that God has said, and you can believe these facts even though you weren't personally there. There is testimony that lines up. There were 500 people that were witnesses to the resurrected Jesus Christ. And the Bible says they were there. If you were to go to court, and God forbid you had to go to court, and you were to hear testimony, and there was 500 people that cooperated evidence and testified to something, how many of you know that's probably all it would take? Faith is not saying, I'm going to believe even no evidence faith is saying there is evidence and i'm going to believe those facts over feelings that's what faith is i wasn't there but there's plenty of testimony that's there i'm glad to see some people writing that down because the way most of our trains work is we put feelings first facts last and it's an emotional ride and that will get you to hear the voice of the world every single time there's a whole world out there emoting what i want are facts i want to believe in the truth right can i re- can i remind you that it's not the truth that sets you free it's the truth you know that sets you free if you don't know the truth it's not doing anything right hello isn't that what jesus promised he said the truth that sets you free right you shall know the truth and the truth shall come on come on come on it's the truth you know And if you haven't paid attention to God's voice or his truth from his word, this is why you know your mama's voice in a crowd, because you've spent time with her. And if you hadn't spent time with her, she probably got a switch for that. (laughs) This is how you know the farmer's voice. This is how you know God's voice, because you've spent time with God in his word. Where did Cain substantiate this voice? Jeremiah 31, 33, it says, God says this, I will put my laws on their hearts. And write them on their minds. And then he adds this. I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. A corollary here is Romans chapter 2 verse 14. Even the Gentiles who do not have God's written law show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it. 
even without having heard it. They demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts. That is the moral argument for God and the truth. There is evidence of God. There is evidence of right and wrong. I want to ask this church, where does it come from? From God and his word and your heart is going to say yes, 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 yes. Right? Now watch this. Why did God have to bring us special revelation then? God's word, God appearing, God sending people to preach. Why do we go and evangelize and why do we preach to people God's word? Because the same book in the Bible, Jeremiah, says that man's heart is exceedingly wicked. Who can know it? So the same heart that has God's word already written on it is the same heart that tells you to eat Twinkies all week long. (laughs) The same heart. So God sends special revelation through his word, right? Not just natural revelation or general through creation, right? Or in your heart. He sends (laughs) preachers and people to witness to you. Cain had a word from God and had a word from his heart, but they didn't agree. They didn't agree. And that's what caused the problem. Can we get into agreement with what God's word is saying for you? Can you walk in obedience to that word? Okay, so strap on. That was just the intro. And we do have communion this morning. It's going to go fast, but strap on because we're really, I mean, really put your seat buckle on because you're going to learn some things this morning. It's going to help you with the inner dialogue that we all have in the self-talk here, okay? Say, Pastor... Okay, five people. Great. Let's move on. (laughs) Let's go to verse 6. All right? Let me ask you, what voices are in this verse? It says, Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why are you dejected? If you act rightly, you will be accepted. Right? Hmm. But if not, sin lies waiting. All right? It's crouching. This is a submissive behavior, actually, by the way, for an animal. Um, When... Somebody else is preaching in here today. That's awesome. So, so when my dog knows that Sarah and I are leaving the house, it's so cute and sweet, but he starts to cower down. You know, Kingston, he's such a sweetheart. I bring him in here, but he is just not ready for prime time. Okay? God is saying right now, sin, sin wants you, but it's, it's crouched. It's crouched down. It's cowered down. You can, you can actually have victory over it. You're the one that lets it in the door. You're the one that opens the door. God's saying, it isn't me, it's you. And it ain't the devil either, okay? So, so he says, but if not, sin lies in wait, it's crouching, all right, at the door, and its urge is for you, yet you can rule over it. I want you to see there, God says you six times. Six is the number of man in the Bible. God says you, 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 lost count. You, you, you. God is not saying the devil, the devil, the devil. God is saying you. Your voice has to get right. What you're hearing inside, your self-dialogue, that, that voice inside of you needs to get on board, on board with the voice that's coming from me. Let me put it to you another way. Have you ever had a teacher or a mom or somebody say, use your inside voice? Right? Use your inside voice. I want to talk to you about that very, very quickly. Your inside voice, what is it? Is it saying what God is saying? Or is that voice on on the inside of you saying what the earth or the world or maybe you are saying? 
And God says, listen, I want you to deal with it. I want you to deal with it, Cain. Look at the next verse here, okay? Verse 11. And thou art cursed, watch this, from the earth. Now let's get the preposition here correctly. The, the curse is coming, the word from, not from God. I've heard this preached so wrongly so many times. God didn't curse Adam and Eve. God cursed the ground. God did not curse man. Are you with me? You got to get that right straight in your heart and in your mind right now. Because where this plane is going to land in just a minute, you're going to see a lot of mercy and grace from God for Cain after he killed his brother. For a murderer, you and I probably would not have the same grace and mercy until we realize we murdered Jesus. Paul says he's our older brother. We're no different. We're no different. Our sins put Christ on the cross. Hello. So we're murderers too. Christ wouldn't have had to gone to the cross if it weren't for our sins. And so God is going to show Cain some really cool mercy. I've heard this preached so wrongly because everybody's always saying, well, Cain got a curse. He got a curse from God. He didn't get cursed from God. The ground curses Cain. Oh, come on. I want to ask this church this morning, where does the curse come from? From the world. From the world. Okay. Now watch this. It says, which has opened up her mouth to receive thy brother's blood from thy hand. When thou till the ground, it shall not henceforth yield unto thee her strength. A fugitive and a vagabond. This sounds like a Metallica song. uh, Shalt thou be in the earth. You're going to wander the earth now. Right? Okay. So I I want you to look at that and say, well, that is it. That must be a really tough, rough God. Cain is going to be a nomad, wanderer, vagabond. Until I get in my Bible to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims in the earth. Abstain from all fleshly lusts. And then he says, dear friends, you are foreigners and strangers in the earth. I want you to see the grace and the wonderful mercy and power of God that he's showing to Cain. He's saying, Cain, you know that ground that you worshipped as an idol? You know that ground that you put all of your confidence in? Nothing against farmers. I love them. Look at me. Okay, don't get out of here today and go, well, farming's bad. Oh, man, farming's so good. But for Cain, it was an idol. For Cain, it was a bad deal. God, in his mercy and his grace, allows... This part of Cain, which he stepped out of God's will, committed sin. Now that blood goes into the ground and God says, listen, that ground isn't going to produce for you anymore. You say, pastor, does God allow things to be removed from our lives? He did for Israel. Israel got so in love with themselves in the land and the temple that they went into diaspora several times. Hello? Hello? Well, God can't remove anything. God can take anything he wants from your life. He's a surgeon, though. He can take anything he wants. from. Let, let, let me help you, church. I'm going to help you out with something. Okay? Some people, you don't even have to confront. Just pray them out. And, and if God wants them out, God will remove. I can testify this works. You say, oh, I'd like to know who. None your business. None your. None your. But you ain't got to take it all on. God can, can, can move you out of situations and places too. Because what you're doing there isn't good. 
And what you're doing is hurting other people. Look at the divine uh, majesty in God's sovereignty and God's providence. God says to Cain, that thing in your life that you worshiped, that you thought was worthy of worshiping me, I'm not going to let it produce anymore. And I'm going to use that to bring you back to me. And you're saying, that can't be possible. we got to hate Cain in this church. Because we've heard Cain is a bad boy. Right? Your God loves the Cains. Your God, you remember when you were Cain? Oh, I know, I know. It's been a while. It's been a while. You know, somehow, somehow being a Pharisee now is better than Cain. I got to tell you, it's worse. There is spiritual murder. Uh-huh. Yeah. So he says, that's what's going to happen to the ground. And the ground is going to start speaking. It's going to speak because of Abel's blood's in it, right? And then I read my Bible and it says, we are not of the world. I read my Bible, it says in 1 John 2, 15, don't love the world or anything in the world. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. You say, well, Pastor Glenn, John 3, 16 says that God so loved the world. Yes, God can love the world. We can't. Nobody going to write that down. See, have you ever heard somebody say, hey, this is all, this is all bad for us. This is all wrong for us. You ever got into the middle of a situation, maybe with your spouse, and been like, why did we turn off on this road? <laughs> what are we doing here? Right? Because it's all wrong for you. It ain't, it ain't, ain't right? Hello. Some of you are like, <laughs> why did I come to this church service this morning? Some of you aren't here at all. I'm looking at you, and you're, you're, you're in a sweet, happy place. That's awesome, man. I'm glad I could help you get there. Let's go to the next verse. Verse 13, and Cain said to the Lord, now he's talking. Cain said to the Lord, my punishment is greater than I can bear. Who is saying this, church? Cain. Cain. Behold, thou hast driven me out this day from the face of the earth. I want you to see, Cain is not saying that God drove him out from his presence. That is not what, that's not what God did. Cain is saying, you're not going to let me do what I love anymore. You know that thing I love more than you? Well, you're not going to let me do, it, do that anymore. I mean, call the ambulance. I can't do what I want. I want to do what I want, God, and I want you to bless me to do it. And, and, and watch this. And from the face, and from thy faith, face shall I be hidden. God didn't say that. Cain did. Come on. And I shall be a fugitive and a vagabond in the earth. You will be in the earth, but not from God. And it shall come to pass that everyone that findeth me shall slay me. Did God say that? Did God say everybody that comes in contact with Cain is going to want to murder him? Do you know how often we say stuff about ourselves that isn't true? We say it to God all the time. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows my sorrow. God, nobody likes me. Nobody's my friend. Pastor Healy likes me when I pay for lunch. He takes me out sometimes, but I got to pay. I don't, God, everybody hates me. Nobody's my friend. I put my issue on Facebook and I got no likes. What kind of church do I go to? God didn't say any of that stuff. You see how ridiculous? You see what emotional 
talk will do, that dialogue inside will do to you? God never said all that extra stuff. Cain did. Some of it's coming from the earth. The earth is saying, you don't get to farm on me anymore. Okay? And the rest is coming from Cain. It's not coming from God. How much are you believing this morning that isn't coming from God? You wouldn't know unless you checked it with His Word. And then we get to Hebrews chapter 12. We're almost done here. This ain't bad, but... In verse 24. <laughs> I love, man, I love Hebrews. I, I do. I do. You know, can I just, a side note, this just occurred to me. Can I just share a side note here? There's a whole vein of uh, preaching and teaching in the church today that is absolutely ridiculous. I'm not going to mention any names. I want to, though. I must stay on the safe side of that. But there are some people now that are just saying, all we need is the Gospels. We don't need the rest of the Bible. Well, all we need is the Gospels now. And the reason why they're saying it is because they're thinking certain sins aren't mentioned in the Gospels, that we ought to be telling people, you're okay. I'm okay, you're okay, we're all okay. What the book of Hebrews does is say all of the Scripture the entirety of the canon is really about Jesus. So if you're trying to talk about Jesus that's coming from the Gospels, and you're saying we don't need the rest of the Bible, then you need to recognize that the rest of the Bible is talking about the same Jesus in the Gospels. Okay? Now, 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 now let me go a little bit further. Even Jesus said that. He said everything written in the law of Moses, everything in the writings speaks of me. So when it says in the Ten Commandments, what the Ten Commandments says, that's Jesus. Okay, it's just a side note. (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24. You have come to God, the judge of all. (sighs) Right? Reverently, hopefully. Fear the Lord here. You know what the fear of the Lord is. It's recognizing you're standing in God's presence. It's not scared of Him, but it's recognizing He's always there to watch. Okay? You've come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator. Oh, now it gets better. Thank God for Jesus. The mediator of the new covenant. And to the sprinkled blood. Now, now when Cain killed his brother Abel, the blood splattered across the ground. I know this is kind of a little bit more than you bargained for, you know, TMI, but the blood sprinkled. It splattered. You, that's what happens. Unfortunately, I've, I've seen a couple of these murder TV shows, and they bring in people that are able to, they know how a murder happened because they can trace where the blood ended up. Okay? I want you to see that God eventually brings about a mercy seat and a place for the blood to be applied and underneath that mercy seat are the three major sins or failures of Israel, right? And that blood was to be applied and sprinkled there. And the writer of Hebrews is saying, the same way the blood is sprinkled there, here's the deal. That blood is sprinkled on every believer. Now hold on to that as I get to the mark of Cain in a minute. All right? It says... And to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Where does the blood of Abel come from? The ground. What is the better word? The blood of Jesus. Where does that come from? Did you know that in heaven there's, a, there's 
everything done on the temple and earth is, a, is, is an emblem or representative of what was in heaven. Did you know that as soon as Jesus died, he went and appeared himself before the Father and offered the sacrifice before the Father in heaven? That doesn't mean he died again. He appeared resurrection in resurrection, giving the Father the full, and all of heaven, full notice that you and I are saved. God sees the blood on his son and doesn't require your blood. Hallelujah! We're like, well, I heard that before. Oh, it's, oh, thank God. God the Father isn't hearing the curses coming from the ground about you. You know what takes the most faith for some people? Is to believe that about God. Especially after the last week you've had. When you cussed out your dog. (laughs) And the stuff you did, and all that voice from the world, and all that voice that comes from you that condemns you, that says, oh, how could God forgive me again? It's saying God, it's telling Peter 70 times 7. God the Father looks to his son, and his son says, Father, paid for, paid for, paid for, paid for. Oh. I, I wonder why that doesn't move us anymore. I hope it does. It ought to, it ought to, it, ought, it should move us into complete celebration. Come on. I mean, Cool in the Gang hasn't wrote a song that's good enough. I don't think they wrote celebration. Okay. Where's this church when I need some help? Listen to God's voice again. Look look at verse 15 from Genesis. And the Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever slays Cain, vengeance shall be taken on him sevenfold. All right? And the Lord set a mark on Cain. This is where we land. And the Lord set a mark on Cain, lest any finding him should kill him. You're marked too. Wouldn't it be cool? Wouldn't it be cool if we had a mark that we could walk through life and no matter what happened to us, we still win? No matter what came against us to try to stop us, to kill us, to destroy us, we still end up in heaven with the Lord forever and ever and ever. You got that mark. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. You've got that mark. You are marked by God. As his. You're his. Hi, good morning. You're his. Marked by a man. And when God looks down at you, he sees the blood of his son marked. I want you to see the grace and the mercy of God. For the rest of Cain's life, he has every ample opportunity to repent. God gives him the rest of his life. Do you know how much hell hates you, wants to kill you and destroy you, wants to steal from you? It can't touch the mark. You think that blood on the doorpost in Egypt was a big deal? That came from an animal, church. You got Jesus' blood. Woo! Hallelujah! Glory be to God. (laughs) Well, you say, but he still killed Abel. Listen, Abel was still alive. Because my God says in the Bible, he's the God of the living, not of the dead. Abel was with him. Abel was still alive. You say, well, pastor, you know, 
Cain is, uh, he's just a bad guy. I, I just want to hate him for what he did. He's just a bad guy. And besides, he went and built a city. We built this city. He went and built a city. And I don't like cities. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm Redneck, Ohio. I, I, listen, I grew up, I, all I ever want, I grew up, you know, farms and stuff, working for farmers. And I, I just wanted to be at the city, wanted to be at the city, wanted to be in the city. And I finally got to the city, and I was like, get me out of here. I don't, I just, it ain't just the traffic, it's like everything.